0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Good evening, dummies. This is Matt from Don't Unfriend Me. It's Friday, August 6th, 6.14 p.m. It is Red Friday. Remember, everyone deployed. I've got the shirt on. Do you have yours? It's interesting. I'd like to get uh, people to take some photos of their Red Friday shirts or hats or buttons or whatever, but... I'm afraid I'd be disappointed. If you are wearing red, it's Red Friday. It's time to post a picture below. It doesn't have to be of today. It could be any time. Or you can just pull one off the internet and I won't know the difference. It doesn't matter. Just post your Red Friday pics below. Here's mine. Red Friday and the old game crazy hat for those watching. It's a long story. Folks, welcome to Don't Unfriend Me. We have a good end of the week show for you tonight. Last night's was interesting. I recorded a segment at the end of it that seems to have been confusing people that i was actually addressing joe biden and that more importantly that he would watch trust me joe biden doesn't watch this show and that's why it's called an open letter it means that it's not a closed letter just for joe biden it's an open letter for all to read because if i was to see the man that is what i would say people said well there's no chance that he'll do any of that well i understand I don't set public policy for the president of the United States. If I did, it might be a very different presidency for sure. The Democrats don't want to unite us. That's true. They don't. And neither do the Republicans. What's our argument? He another guy called me an idiot. You're an idiot. These elected officials never do anything for us. Well, he voted for Trump. I saw that on his page, so I'm wondering, does he feel the same way? Folks, you're not going to always like what I say. And I would challenge you on this until you have your own show and you're putting yourself out there where I can ridicule you and lambast you as well. It's kind of unfair. So stone up. Put yourself out there. Take a risk. But honestly, I don't mind. I love it when people challenge. And even the guy who called me an idiot, I left his post up. That's not what gets you banned, folks. What gets you banned is honestly just being a complete jerk to everybody, not listening to anybody, And continuing to troll, that's the thing that I despise. You know, Joe Rogan says it best. I never read the comments. Never read the comments. Well, I read every comment. It doesn't bother me. Because I usually will have a witty retort. But there are times when certain people show up. Who are those people? They're the dum-dums. The special kinds of suckers. The Dusty Dinglemans of the world. That was our first dum-dum. He's gone now. I don't know where he is. He crawled back whatever hole he came out of. But then you, you're the dummies. The dummies are the don't unfriend me. These are the people who listen to the show. It doesn't matter whether you've listened for one minute or 201 episodes after tonight. You are most assuredly a don't unfriend me. Barstool Sports has their stoolies. We have dummies. And isn't that a great thing? And let's get on to what we're talking about tonight. First off, open borders and you. How to get used to disappointment. The border crisis is most assuredly out of control. People say, we don't have open borders. If we're allowing people in throughout the normal channels and the ports of entry, that's an open border. Now I understand that they're not just going Olay, and the border patrol is still working and drones are activated and they're using sensors to monitor the border. And They also have the walls up that Donald Trump put up and that Texas Governor Greg Abbott is now finishing But it still means the overall policy is dumping illegal immigrants into the U.S. and cities. My mother-in-law is on a flight. I can't tell you which, and I can't tell you which airline, and I won't tell you her name. But she has assured me that she has seen several civilian passenger uh, liners, I guess is what you would call them, airplanes, full of illegal immigrants and U.S. Border Patrol. This isn't anything new. We've seen it in the newspaper. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean for our COVID response what does that mean for delta variant coming across the border is it happening this porous border well we're going to talk about it tonight next teacher leave us kids alone i can't believe we're doing a pink floyd reference i'm sure roger Waters will sue me he sues anyone he can for using his music but leave us kids alone what is going on with this mask update What's happening? Are we having masks? Are we not having masks? Some states are outlawing it. Some states are embracing it. The teachers union is running at full speed to ensure that they are threatening and castigating their opinion upon everybody at with warnings of strikes and warnings of not being a part of school anymore. Well, what's the difference? They're not really there anyway. Our educational system is going to hell in a handbasket. And this isn't the first real excuse of why. It's been doing that for the last 40 years. We have been slowly on a decline into the abysmal deep of stupidity and naivety. But here's the thing. What does tyrannical rule look like? And does it start with something as simple as a piece of cloth? We're going to talk about it tonight, and I have an interesting analogy that you might find clever. And thank you, sir. May I have another It almost seems like that's what we should do. We should just kind of bend over and ask for our posterior realignment. But the thing is, is that if we listen to globalism, socialism, communism, pretty much everything but your defense mechanism, we're going to see a pattern here, that there are subtle nuances and warning signs of when a government is moving to a tyrannical oppression. We're seeing it in many different states in Europe, predominantly Germany, France, Spain, Belgium, England, are all moving to some sort of vaccine passport, and you won't be allowed to shop where, if you don't have a vaccine. What does that mean for groceries? What does that mean for gas? What does that mean for hospital care? Are we taking this too far? And if we do, what's next? We're going to talk about that as well. So sit back, relax, buckle up for episode 201. It's going to be a barn burner. Well, hopefully just a little bit of fun. We don't want to be burning anything down. I told my daughter, go to bed. The cows are in the field. Puzzled, she asked, what's that got to do with anything? And I told her, that means it's past your bedtime. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax don't unfriend me starts right now you know i get asked all the time who does your intro where do you get those wonderful toys well i'll tell you my wife does the 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 intro the vocal part of that she did a great job i told her i want you to really embrace your inner jocko and she found it and did it and did an excellent job. The music is by Stillpoint, S-T-I-I-L-P-O-I-N-T. At the beginning of the show, you'll see that I just give them credit for the music, and they do all my music, and I love them for it. They have a new release. It's going really well. In Georgia, it's number three it's in the top 100 USA. They're basically not doing this through the radio stations, but through the digital medium. And I am so proud of them. They are a band that I just absolutely adore. We'll have them on here soon. I know they're trying to write me a theme song. I'm waiting, guys, patiently. You need to put down the Doritos Mountain doing marijuana. <laughs> I don't know if they smoke marijuana. But if you do, I don't care. I don't judge. Just I want that new theme song for season three. But if you haven't listened to Stillpoint, do me a favor and go listen to them. Who am I? What do I do? My name is Matthew Spear. I am your host of Don't Unfriend Me. Welcome to episode 201. We just clicked 28,000 followers on Facebook, which is great. Also, on top of that, you can find me on all the other social media channels, whether it be Instagram, on YouTube, and you can also jump over to Anchor. And Anchor has all my podcasts on Google, on Spotify, on iTunes, and iHeartRadio, pretty much all of them. Come say hi and listen to my show. If you are not a fan of social media sites, which I completely can understand, you can head on over to donunfriendme.com. Yes, I have everything there for you for your viewing pleasure, videos, you can listen to my podcast, a blog, say something hi. Say something like hi, or give me a little heart and smile and all that stuff. And if you wouldn't mind, please reach down into your, your heartstrings and your Your Kindness Live, and give me a follow, like, share, and subscribe. Like the video you're watching, please, or the podcast, and then go ahead and follow and subscribe. That will allow you to see all my videos and updates, and when I go live, I would appreciate it, and thank you. You can click the little red envelope on YouTube right here, or hit like, follow on Facebook. Let's get going. It is time to get to the weekend. Open borders, and you... How to get used to disappointment. The city of McAllen, Texas, announced Tuesday that 7,000 COVID-19 positive illegal immigrants have been released into their city by the federal government since February, with 1,500 in just the past week. In response, the city has declared a state of disaster. Be interesting to see if the Biden government recognizes that since they've already denied that there are no cases of illegal immigrants coming over with a Delta variant, which is interesting considering that it's in the tens of thousands and numbers would just hold up if COVID is truly that dangerous that at least some of them would be infected, right? In normal times with a normal president, McAllen's declaration would be seen as evidence of a catastrophic failure by the federal government to maintain control of the border. But we are not in normal times, are we? And without a normal president. So the crisis has been relegated to the back pages in favor of lurid Cuomo reporting. I don't know if you've heard about Mr. Cuomo. It's back up. They're calling for his resignation. The Democrats are calling for his resignation. And he's saying, "Uh, no, I'm not going to retire. I'm not going to resign. I didn't know that's the way it works. I'm sure there are a lot of public officials that would love to have known that all they had to do was say, No, I'm not going to resign, especially Al Franken. Well, at least he can always go back to Saturday Night Live and be as ill-effective as a legislator as he was a comedian. Still, the media's cover-up doesn't absolve policymakers of their responsibility. McAllen is only 11 miles from the country's southern border, it's a Hispanic-majority city and has been a reliable, century-long stronghold for the Texas Democrats. Only recently, in the face of the federal government hand-delivering disaster to South Texas, has McAllen elected a Republican mayor. The Biden administration is forcing the deadly consequences of their obsessive ideological drive toward open borders on the Rio Grande Valley without the consent of the region's citizens. We talked about this last night. That policy is usually... Widely accepted when its city, when its citizens support it. Hence why maybe the vaccine isn't getting the response that Mr. Biden wants. Human and drug trafficking cartels have claimed hundreds of thousands of lives in the past decades, so routine is the cycle of terror. That while the US has spent trillions of dollars and thousands of lives fighting terror abroad. It fails to notice that more people died of cartel-related violence in the Juarez-El Paso metro region during 2007 than did of Islamic terror in Baghdad during the surge. The dereliction of duty seemed to have hit bottom then. But with the intentional release of COVID-19 positive migrants into American cities, the open border cult has finally found its new abyss. Now, you can say, wait a second, Matthew, that's a horrible charge. How can you say they intentionally we must assume that if we, I can walk into, if I can't walk into a McDonald's or go to the liquor store or go to a ball game without someone wanting to shove a thermometer up my hoo ha, I guess hoo ha wouldn't be what I have, is it? That's a female euphemism for that thing. My ass, Christopher Walken, a comfortable piece of watch in my ass. Anyway, or take my temperature, or have me take a COVID test, or show my passport. You think that when illegal immigrants are Entering our country, that's right, illegally on a plane where we have to literally do a colonoscopy check to make sure we're not carrying a four ounce bottle of baby food, that we would run COVID checks on illegal immigrants, then it's intentional, folks. At this point, solutions to the border crisis are no longer worth discussing with the Biden administration. Negotiation with a political class that has intentionally created a crisis in one of its cities is futile. The message is clear. The federal government will create a crisis to achieve its open borders ideology and crush resistance from those directly impacted. The Texas state government must prepare to take extraordinary action to protect its citizens against federal irresponsibility. To his credit, Governor Abbott has committed to finishing the border wall with state funding, allocated billions of dollars to more border security, and has deployed Texas state troopers to control the crisis. In response... U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland threatened legal action. Now that the migrant numbers and administration intentions are clear, Texas must be prepared to defy federal mandates and continue implementing security measures in the face of Garland's legal maneuvering. Congress will not act, and the courts will slog along, but responsible government requires immediate action to defend the people of the Rio Grande Valley. Ideologues have compromised the basic functioning of our federal government. It is past time for states to assert their rights and protect their citizen. Here's another example of the hypocrisy that is creating indecision in so many Americans. In summation, how can we continue to allow unvaccinated people into our country and not seem to care about the consequences? Isn't this talking out of both sides of our mouths? How can we continue to listen to the CDC and selectively ignore them at the same time? Either we listen to the experts and science, or we don't. Either it rules for all, or it doesn't. We seem to forget that in this day of media coverage and information overload, that no matter how many examples and contradictions we face, nobody seems to care. We have become anesthetized to the pain of the truth and we blindly divide our loyalty amongst party lines. Why? When will enough be enough? And when will the hypocrisy turn into something more sinister, like tyranny? We'll go over this later, but try and think of other examples of this gross dereliction and overreach of our elected officials. And why is selective outrage over Disneyland not the same as open borders? And why does a certain political party say, my body, my choice? But when we say, we don't want the vaccine, it's my body, my choice, they say, well, your choice doesn't kill people. I beg to differ. Let's ask the baby that was sacrificed how they feel. Why are we frustrated with the red border states and not the actual reasons as to why these states are outliers? Is it all based off of legal border crossings? Of course not. But if you want the support of these states, you better be clear and not send mixed messages. If you take this seriously and you want to earn the respect or at least some credibility, then take the border seriously. Give Donald Trump some credit and admit it isn't that easy. Maybe Kamala Harris will do that. I doubt it. Admit that no Democrat has ever secured the border and that you may need some help you will find that Texas will indeed step up to the plate and not only help her state, but those around them. Because it isn't mutually exclusive to one state or area, or one person. But when you trivialize just one death from an illegal immigrant, one drunk driving accident, just one crossing that may affect a person, you also trivialize the singular being that also thinks that getting the shot doesn't make a difference that their vote won't matter, and that listening to you is the farthest thing from their myopic and deplorable minds, that make up a collective of like-minded individuals who will never be reached. Teacher, leave us kids alone. How can you expect to have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? Buy me English. If international travel is anything to go by, we will be stuck with silly public health restrictions for a long time. At Dulles International Airport, my airport, CDC notices remind you to keep calm and wash your hands. A message that is repeated ad nauseum over the intercom. Similar directives are everywhere at the Budapest and Frankfurt airports as well. We've known that the risk of COVID-19 surface transmission is negligible for well over a year. But hand-sanitizing stations, dot-concourses, and airplane stewards still hand out complimentary wipes when you board your flight. Along with free pretzels and middling coffee, the smell of stale disinfectant has become a feature of flying. For passengers, the cost of these interventions is minor. It's just another inconvenience to add to the long list of indignities that plague modern air travel, from excessive baggage fees to intrusive security checks. What airports obsolete focus on surface cleaning reveals is how difficult it is for large organizations to adjust to their public health policies. Some of these guidelines, such as an insistence on masking students when schools reopen in the fall, will have far more serious consequences than tired airport employees dutifully reminding you to scrub your hands. Interesting, once a Marine told me, hey man, wash your hands. And I said, my mom taught me not to pee on them. American public schools have been remarkably bad at managing the pandemic. Despite kids' astonishing resistance to COVID-19, fearful parents and teachers' unions risk averse bureaucrats and a hysterical media climate combined to induce widespread, widespread school shutdowns. From cratering classroom achievement to a spike in teenage depression, the consequences of these closures have been wildly felt just as the costs of school closures were downplayed or ignored. Mask mandates are sold as a minor inconvenience. This betrays a fundamental misunderstanding of how classroom instruction works. In language classes, nonverbal cues like facial expressions are vital for communicating with young learners. Something as simple as a smile can instantly clarify the meaning of an unfamiliar word or reassure an uncertain student. Let me give you an example. Oh, go to hell. Or... Go to hell. There's a difference. If you've ever tried speaking a second language with a masked angelocutor, interlocutor. Damn it, I hate when these words do this. This is a tough one. Interlocutor. Oh, I have to look this up. A person who takes part in a dialogue or conversation. Interlocutor. To interlocut. To interlocut. To enter, to enter, interlocus chore, interlocutor, Interlocomotive choo choo choo. Sorry, guys, it's OCD. I can't see a word and not do this to myself and befuddle it until I actually get it. Anybody use the words "befuddle" while they're trying to say interlocutor? It's not interlocator. It's interlocutor, which is like I understand. Conveying a message or speaking in dialogue or conversation. Early 16th century Latin, that makes sense. To interlocut, interrupted by speech, from the verb interlocui. Oh, now I need to, Now I need to get a pronunciator. Hold on, we're going to do this together. I don't care. We're doing it. It's my nickel. I'm going fast today. I'm not actually behind on minutes. Let's do this. Pronunciation. Oh, I hope I got it right. If I got it right, here we go interlocutor. I got it. See? I knew it all along. I was testing you. Don't ever challenge me. I reign supreme. Interlocutor. Whose words are muffled and facial expressions are obscured. You know that mask adds an extra layer of difficulty to normal conversation. Hell, I can't even do it without a mask. Even with native speakers, facial expressions help make a classroom work. A withering glance can be more effective at enforcing discipline than a formal reprimand. A smile, a nod, these can encourage struggling students. Intonation, enunciation, and facial expressions, all of which greatly enrich our everyday conversations, are severely circumscribed or eliminated by masking. After a lost year of online schooling, we should be doing everything possible to return students to an ideal classroom environment the objection to kids taking off the mask is predictable one. These mandates literally save lives, they say. This lopsided calculus, which was justified a slew of misguided COVID policies from park closures to remote learning, is simply wrong. On the left and the right, clear-eyed observers have pointed out that kids are at very little risk from COVID-19. This is not some esoteric finding. The CDC's own demographic data on pandemic mortality is publicly available, and I'll be happy to link it to you on the site. Besides any protection offered by school mask mandates, it's likely to be marginal. For reasons of comfort and availability, student masks are often made of cloth and not medical-grade material. They're also constantly slipping off and being adjusted by fidgety kids. Ill-fitting homemade face coverings are not going to save a generation of school children from mass death but they will make the classroom considerably less pleasant. Joe Biden famously stood on, stood on stage the other day and said, 98% of the people who are now hospitalized are people who are not vaccinated. That's a stat that everyone can get behind. Except a stat when like 98.8%, 99.2% are never hospitalized from covid and recover 100% from COVID, that stat is actually more staggering than people who are in hospitals are unvaccinated. What does their pre-existing conditions look like? We're going to talk about that in the next segment. But the whole point is, I understand that vaccines are important for some people. I understand that people have predetermined disposition to be harmed by COVID, and other people may get it and randomly die. But the odds are astronomical, just like kids getting it, and just like people who are vaccinated to have serious time in the hospital, which is good news. When I am one of those candidates, I will most assuredly get it, and I may even do it anyway. But the interesting thing that I don't understand is why are we doing this to children? What's the end goal? Wear masks forever? Because we certainly won't give them the vaccine under 12 years of age. Or is it simply to ensure that they do get the vaccine until we're sick of masks and the idea no longer bothers people like it does right now? As for vulnerable parents and teachers, we have a solution that is both more effective and less disruptive than school mask mandates. Vaccines. Vaccination dramatically reduces the risk of infection and hospitalization and death from COVID-19. Instead of policing school children for mask wearing, we should redouble our efforts to win over skeptics and distribute doses to unvaccinated adults when it is considered safe. Throughout the pandemic, the CDC's approach to the young has been comically skewed. Last May, the agency actually prescribed face coverings for all children over the age of two and double masking in outdoor summer camps. This is not the work of an organization that understands kids or the varying levels of risk posed. By the pandemic. Now, am I saying inoculation is the greatest thing for everybody? That all kids should get the vaccine? No. And it shouldn't be mandated. But we should at least encourage that to the people who are willing. I'm not one of them. Either is my wife. But the option is there. So let's go ahead and embrace it. And if the, if the vaccine isn't safe for kids between the ages of 2 and 12, why? And what is the risk? Is it because simply we haven't performed the trials? Or is there something more nefarious going on? And if there is, shouldn't we know that? Instead, these CDC guidelines reflect the maximalist, better safe than sorry approach of public health establishment that is incapable of taking real world factors into account. Teaching is difficult enough without covering everyone's faces. When we go back to school in the fall, we should take the mask off and get back to normal. History does not repeat, but it does instruct. In summation, as the founding fathers debated our constitution, they took instruction from the history they knew. Concerned the democratic republic they envisioned would collapse, they contemplated the descent of ancient democracies and republics into oligarchy and empire. As they knew, Aristotle warned that inequality brought instability, while Plato believed that demagogues exploited free speech to install themselves as tyrants. In founding a democratic republic, law, and establishing a system of checks and balances, the Founding Fathers sought to avoid the evil that they, like the ancient philosophers, called tyranny. They had in mind the usurpation of power by a single individual or group, or the circumvention of law by rulers for their own benefit. Much of the succeeding political debate in the United States has concerned the problem of tyranny within American society over slaves and women, for example. It is thus a primary American tradition to consider history when our political order seems imperiled. If we worry today that the American experiment is threatened by tyranny, we can follow the example of the Founding Fathers and contemplate the history of other democracies and republics, The good news is that we can draw upon more recent and relevant examples than ancient Greece and Rome, which I have cited many times have been a failure with democracy. The bad news is that the history of modern democracy is also one of decline and fall. Since the American colonies declared their independence from a British monarchy that the founders deemed tyrannical, European history has seen three major democratic moments. After the First World War in 1918, after the Second World War in 1945, and after the end of communism in 1989, many of the democracies founded at these junctures failed. In circumstances that in some important respects resemble our own, history can familiarize and it can warn. In the late 19th century, just as in the late 20th century, the expansion of global trade generated expectations of progress. In the early 20th century, as in the early 21st, these hopes were challenged by new visions of mass politics, in which a leader or a party claimed to directly represent the will of the people. European democracies collapse into right-wing authoritarianism and fascism in the 1920s and 30s. The communist Soviet Union, established in 1922, extended its model into Europe in the 1940s. It's interesting; all the left wingers will come on and say nothing about the Soviet Union and communism, but they'll go ahead and say, look at authoritarianism and right-wings and fascism went ahead and stopped Germany. Interesting how you're selective. But these little nuances that we pick up and how democracies can fall, the ethics can collapse, and ordinary men can find themselves standing over death pits with guns in their hands, it would serve us well to understand why today. Both fascism and communism were responses to globalization, to the real and perceived inequalities it created, and the apparent helplessness of the democracies in addressing them. Fascists rejected reason in the name of will, denying objective truth in favor of a glorious myth articulated by leaders who claimed to give voice to the people. They put a face on globalization, arguing that its complex challenges were the result of a conspiracy against the nation. Fascists ruled for a decade or two, leaving behind an intact intellectual legacy that grows more relevant by the day. Communists ruled for longer, for nearly seven decades in the Soviet Union and more than four decades in much of Eastern Europe. They proposed rule by a disciplined party elite with a monopoly on reason that would guide society toward a certain future according to supposedly fixed laws of history." Now, if you're a Republican and go, oh, my gosh, this sounds like the Biden administration, and if you're a Biden supporter and you're saying, oh, my gosh, this sounds like Trump, isn't it interesting that one statement like that can be completely assigned to either party? Maybe we have more commonalities with our leaders than we like to admit. Maybe the Republican-Democrat symbol on my sign, having them be a part of each other, isn't too far from the truth. As I've said, it's the same shit, but just a different pile. We might be tempted to think that our democratic heritage automatically protects us from such threats. This is misguided, and it's just a reflex. In fact, the precedent set by the founders demands that we examine history to understand the deep sources of tyranny and to consider the proper responses to it. Americans today are no wiser than the Europeans who saw democracy yield to fascism nazism or communism in the 20th century our one advantage is that we might learn from their experience now is a good time to do so instead of burning books and taking down statues and pretending that communism or fascism just wasn't done correctly and could work in the right type of society and that is an absolutely destructive and horrible way to think Thank you, sir. May I have another, please? COVID-19 vaccination rates are rising across Europe. Restaurants and bars are reopening. People are traveling for work and leisure, and life is returning to something resembling normal, kind of. But the virus hasn't gone away, and the recent increase in daily cases, along with the Delta mutation, is keeping health officials and governments on edge, pushing many of them to take extreme steps, And the fight against the pandemic. Over the weekend, a number of senior politicians in Germany floated the idea of imposing restrictions on unvaccinated people, and even mandatory shots, despite previous comments from Chancellor Angela Merkel that the country wouldn't go down that route. Such a move would set Germany on the same path as France, where the government is making vaccines compulsory for health workers and requiring proof of vaccination for certain indoor events. A local distillery right up the road from me, it's been here for a long time, just implemented that none of their patrons can enter without a vaccine card. I actually like their alcohol. I guess I won't be drinking it anymore. President Emmanuel Macron, as we said last night, has proposals that have been extremely controversial, with thousands protesting at the weekend, but they've also sparked a massive jump in vaccine take-up. Record numbers signed up for appointments for shots in the days after Macron announced the measures early this month. And maybe that's just what this is, is an idle threat. But is that the way you want to be governed, threatened into compliance? Interesting policies. Politicians who favor a similar step in Germany may use that as reason to push their case harder. While mandatory shots aren't yet widespread across Europe, vaccine certificates, so-called green passes, are now being widely used to determine whose businesses should let dine and drink indoors, and then who shouldn't be able to show up at all. In most cases, it means those who are fully vaccinated or recently recovered from COVID can get in the door. The idea of restricting access based on vaccination criteria has angered some particularly those already pushing to end other measures measures such as mask wearing. Some critics say mandatory health passes risk creating a two-tier society with some groups excluded from certain activities. But there are also legal and privacy issues while businesses say it's an additional burden and cost on them. But for those in favor such as Macron, it's a question of social responsibility. What is your freedom worth if you say you don't want to get vaccinated? But if tomorrow you infect your father, your mother, or me, the French president said at the weekend, that is not freedom. That is irresponsibility and selfishness. I think he also is going to go ahead and denounce abortion anytime soon, right? Oh, no, we're not going to do that. But when is tyranny actually tyranny? I mean, it isn't a good idea to limit someone's freedoms for our safety, or is it? Well, why limit it to vaxes? The most expensive and serious health problem in the country is obesity. 70% of Americans are overweight to some degree, and this is leading to all sorts of health problems like diabetes, metabolic syndrome, heart disease, and other symptoms of poor health. Obesity is a major risk factor for COVID hospitalization. It's time we did something about it. Let's start with some simple restrictions, just some basic ones. There shall be no entry to entertainment venues unless you're under a certain body mass index. Higher health insurance rates for the fat. No carb-loaded meals allowed to be served to customers with big BMIs. How about scales at all entrances to our schools and establishment? Too fat? Go home until you aren't. How about mandatory EKGs unless you have had a recent treadmill? Or you are on medication to control your cholesterol, no matter what your weight is. How about a family history passport before receiving a home loan, or a car loan, or a checking account? Let's avoid high-risk people so businesses can pass the costs on to the person who deserves it, the consumer. Maybe we should implement a fat tax. Every year, you will submit a portion of your income to the Americans with Body Irregularities Act. Even if you are completely healthy... We will start with awarding European cities with your tax dollars in an effort to make global impact. The money at home will be state-funded, of course, if they ever get around to doing it at all. Maybe we should impose a federal mandate for all of those who fail to submit the proper 1099 LBS form. And that should be submitted with their taxes. And if not, you'll be penalized $120 a month, unless you have a gym membership to the FGE, the newly formed political bureaucracy, the federal gymnasium establishments of America. How about we ensure we fat-shame any of those that question these rules and call it the red state fat-ass epidemic, and not blame the FDA for feeding us garbage advice since grade school? Remember the five food groups that needed to be represented at every meal three times a day? How about all abnormally large persons will need to buy the entire row on an airplane from now on? Two seats used to be required— But now your hereditary or sloth lifestyle is too much for people who care about others. Just not you, to witness. Keeping you from our gaze is what America is all about. We would rather you walk to your destination anyway. It is so much better for the environment that we pretend to care about. Lastly, large groups of people, we know them as free grazers, will need to limit their interactions to only groups of two and only with other family members of the bovine persuasion. If not, they will be selected for rehabilitative pasture duty at the nearest chronic overeaters and gluttons facility. Come on, America, lose that weight and stop being a burden on the medical system and driving up health care costs for the rest of us. Here is a way passports can solve our biggest health affliction. It's really simple. It's really that simple. And if you think this is an exaggeration... You haven't been paying attention enough and raised your head from the trough. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for stopping by. Don't unfend me. Don't unfurble. How can I do that? That drop. I can't even find my gun sound. Where? I've done it 200 200 times and I screw up on 201. Folks, thanks for watching. Don't unfriend me. And please head on over to the Veteran Crisis Hotline. If you are struggling, 1-800-273-8255. Not the type of struggling that I'm showing, but veteran suicide. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It's not a joking matter. This is a great day if you are struggling. It's not just remember everyone deployed, but let's remember what they go through when they are. Traumatic brain injury, PTS anxiety, depression are all real, and they need your help. Veterans have a hard time talking about this stuff. If you reach out for them, that is great. If you can't, reach out to me. Maybe I can help. And if that doesn't necessarily do it, you can visit com. click on the VCL link, and be connected to a VCL operator. You don't even have to be a veteran. You can be a civilian, citizen, doesn't matter. Pick up the phone and call. They will get you the help you most desperately need. Let's save our greatest resource, our veterans. Folks, that's it for 201 stumbling out of the gate. I won't be back till Monday. I hope you're all doing well. God bless. Remember everyone deployed, post your picture below. Make sure to like, share and subscribe like I asked you to do. And please remember, we don't have to get along. We don't always have to agree. But sometimes it's good to allow people to have an opinion even if we disagree. I hear a lot of things. That Donald Trump was a Nazi. Well, I'm hearing it now that Joe Biden is a communist. Can we stop with the simple-minded thinking? Can we hold him accountable truly for the things he's bad at? And there are plenty. But calling him a hammer and sickle communist is asinine. If you read anything up on Joe Biden, he has been anti-communist for most of his life. He may not be able to spell it anymore, but trust me, he is not a plant for the Russians any more than Donald Trump was a plant for Putin. Can we stop? Can we try to focus on the things that truly are important? Can we stop the conspiracy theories and recognize that while we're distracted and while we were sleeping, our government slowly eroded away and took away the rights of the people? Remember, we may agree, we may disagree, you may love me, you may hate me. All I ask in the end is that you don't unfriend me. And I got it right that time. Good night. I'll see you on Monday. God bless.